Chapter Twenty Four of the Fall River Tragedy by Edwin H. Porter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Four. Fourth Day of the Trial. Dr. S. W. Bowen, the family physician, was the first witness called. After telling of his arrival at home, he said, I saw Miss Lizzie Borden and Mrs. Churchill in the side hall, just at the end of it, the kitchen door. I said, Lizzie, what's the matter? She said, Father has been killed or stabbed. I asked, Where is your father? She said, In the sitting room. This was all she said in that conversation at that time. In consequence of what she said, I went into the dining room and then into the sitting room. I saw the form of Mr. Borden lying on the sofa at the left of the sitting room door. I found upon inspection that his face was badly cut, apparently with a sharp instrument felt of his pulse and was satisfied that he was dead i glanced about the room and saw that nothing was disturbed he was lying on his right side with his face toward the south the face was hardly recognizable i don't think the photograph shows the case of a person asleep in this the form has sunk down from where i first saw it by sinking i mean the general collapse during the showing of the picture lizzie kept her eyes riveted on the floor never once glancing up witness said in explaining the picture to the jury the head is lower than it was the sofa has been moved it was when i saw it even with the door with reference to the back of the sofa the head is substantially as when i saw it as i went into the sitting-room lizzie followed me part way and as i turned to go out after finding he was dead i asked her if she had seen any one and she said no i asked her where she had been and she said in the barn to get some iron then she said she was afraid her father had had trouble with some of his tenants. Then I asked her to get something to cover Mr. Borden. Bridget brought me a sheet. The sheet was brought from Mr. Borden's room, and the key was taken from the mantel, I believe, where it was usually kept. After the sheet was used, Lizzie asked me if I would telegraph to Emma, and in consequence of that request I did so. Up to that time, nothing had been said of Mrs. Borden, but just before I went to the telegraph office, somebody asked where Mrs. Borden was, and Lizzie said she had received a note to visit a sick friend and had gone out. As I was going out, I met Officer Allen. On my return from the telegraph office, I met in the kitchen hallway Mrs. Churchill, and she said they had found Mrs. Borden upstairs in the front room. She said I had better go upstairs and see her. I went through the dining room and sitting room and up the front stairs, stopping a moment at the door of the guest chamber. At that point I looked over the bed and saw the prostrate form of Mrs. Borden. Then I was standing in the doorway. I went around at the foot of the bed, placed my hand on her head, and found a wound in her head. Then I felt her pulse and found she was dead. I never said to anyone that she died of fright or in a faint, but I will say this. My first thought was that she had fainted. I went downstairs and told the people Mrs. Borden was dead that i thought she was killed by the same instrument with which mr borden was killed and that i considered it fortunate that lizzie was out of the way when i went downstairs first lizzie was in the kitchen lizzie mrs churchill miss russell and my wife and bridget were in the kitchen they were fanning her and working over her she afterwards went in the dining-room and i told her then that she had better go to her room where i saw her that day between one and two, Miss Russell came to me about some medicine for her, and I gave her a bromo-caffeine to allay the nervous excitement. I left directions 
and a second dose, and carried a bottle there for her. I ordered morphine for her on Friday, and on Saturday I doubled the dose, continuing it on Saturday and Sunday. At the inquest I know Lizzie testified before I did. On Friday I gave her one-eighth grain. On Saturday I doubled it, and continued the treatment all the time, up to her arrest, and while she was in the station. There is no question about the effect of morphine on the mind, by changing and allaying their views and gives them hallucinations. I saw her take the medicine on Thursday, that was bromocaffeine, which will not create hallucinations. Miss Adelaide B. Churchill was called and said, On the morning of August the 4th I saw Mr. Borden first, about nine o'clock. I was then in the kitchen. He was by his steps, but I don't know where he went. He was standing there. It was on the barn side of the steps. That morning I went out and purchased something for dinner. Returning, I walked southward and upwards towards my house. In going that way I had to pass the Borden house first. When I reached my house I saw Bridget Sullivan going across the street from Dr. Bowen's to her house. She was white and going rapidly. I went in the side door of my house and into the kitchen, laying my bundles on a long table, and looking out of the window saw Lizzie inside of the screen door, leaning against the east side of the door casing. I opened the window and asked Lizzie, what is the matter? She said, oh, Mrs. Churchill, come over, someone has killed father. I went right out the front door over to their house. When I stepped inside the screen door, she was sitting on the second step. I put my hand in her right arm and said, oh, Lizzie, how did it happen? She said, I don't know. Where were you? I was in the barn to get a piece of iron. And when I came back, I found the screen door open. She said they must have some enemies, and she thought they had all been poisoned, as they were all sick in the night. I offered to go for a doctor and returned, after going to where my brother worked and getting him to telephone. Dr. Bowen was there and wanted me to go in and see the body of Mr. Borden, but I refused to go in. He asked for a sheet and someone handed Bridget a key. She and I went up in Mrs. Borden's room, where Bridget unlocked the door for us. We got a sheet and brought it down. Lizzie asked Dr. Bowen to send a telegram to Emma. Then Miss Russell came in, and Lizzie said she wished somebody would try to find Mrs. Borden, as she thought she heard her come in. I volunteered to go with Bridget, and as we went up the stairs, and when my head was on a level with the floor, I saw the body. Then I turned about and went back. Miss Russell said, Is there another? And I said, Yes, she is up there. On the day of the tragedy, the agitation of Lizzie wasn't manifested by tears. I don't remember whether Lizzie said to me that the reason she came in from the barn was because she heard a distressed noise. The dress she had while I was there was a light blue calico or cambric with a dark navy blue diamond printed. The whole dress was alike. I don't remember how often I saw her wearing this dress and I don't know how long she had owned it. Miss Alice M. Russell was the next witness called, and when her name was mentioned, Lizzie straightened up in her chair and began to watch the door. When Miss Russell came in, she looked everywhere but where Lizzie was seated. About two years ago I lived in Dr. Kelly's house, said Miss Russell. I knew all of the family well. On August the 4th, 1892, I lived on Borden Street, between 3rd and 4th Streets, and nearby a baker shop. Occasionally Lizzie and I visited each other. When I went to her home, she received me, generally, in the guest room. On Wednesday night, August the 3rd, Lizzie came to see me. 
she came alone and stayed till about nine o'clock we conversed and during the evening we spoke about going to marion i think when she came in she said i have taken your advice and am going to marion i said i'm glad you're going i spoke about her having a good time but she said i don't know i feel distressed when i was at marion the other day the girls were laughing and they asked me what was the matter with me then she spoke of her father and mother and her being sick the night before but maggie wasn't sick she lizzie wasn't sick enough to vomit she heard the others vomiting and stepped to the door to help them she spoke of the bread and the milk and we talked about that and i said it couldn't possibly be the bread because others would have been sick lizzie spoke about believing her father had enemies and spoke of the man who came there and wanted to hire a place and of the quarrel then she spoke of seeing a man about the place at night about the barn being broken into and about the burglary in the houses i said that i had never heard of the burglary before and lizzie said her father had forbidden them to speak of it she described the robbery to me and said it was done in mrs borden's room she was afraid somebody would burn the house down and that she was afraid to go to sleep at night lizzie also spoke about the manner of her father treating his friends and how badly he used dr bowen at one time on the morning of august the fourth while i was at work bridget sullivan came to me i changed my dress and went at once to the borden house and saw lizzie downstairs she was standing up when i went there and i asked her to sit down which she did she told me when i asked her about going to the barn and her reason that she went to the barn to get a piece of iron to fix her screen i don't remember that she spoke about the note but i heard it talked over while i was downstairs she looked faint and i started to loosen her dress but she said she wasn't faint i only unloosened it a little at the lower part when she went upstairs i was with her she spoke about getting an undertaker and i went down and spoke to dr bowen when i went back met her coming out of emma's room tying the strings of her wrapper at one time when i was in the room i saw her going to the closet door unlock it and go in i don't know whether mr fleet went in that closet or not saturday and sunday nights i occupied miss emma's room on sunday i got the breakfast after breakfast i left the lower part of the house and returned before noon when i came back i went in the kitchen and saw lizzie standing by the stove emma by the sink lizzie had a dress and i asked what she was going to do with it and lizzie said she was going to burn it it was all covered with paint i said nothing and went out when i came in the room again lizzie was tearing the dress i said i wouldn't let anybody see me doing that and she stepped one step back it was the waist she was tearing i don't remember about the skirt there were no officers in the house at that time though there were some about the premises bridget had left before that i saw mr hanscom and saw him at the borden house on monday and conversed with him in the parlour in consequence of that talk i saw miss lizzie and emma in the dining-room and i said i'm afraid the worst thing you could have done was to burn that dress i have been asked about your dresses and she said why did you let me do it john cunningham told the story of how he had telephoned news of the horror to the central police station and deputy sheriff francis h wixon related that he was in the station when the message was received officer george w allen said he was sent to the borden house at eleven fifteen on the morning of the fourth he described the manner in which he went and about enlisting mr sawyer 
for an outside guard he saw lizzie at the table in the kitchen and he also saw the body of mr borden he saw that the front door was locked with a night lock and a bolt when he went to the station and reported to the marshal he hadn't heard of mrs borden's death he detailed his coming again and his searches through the house and his finding the cellar door locked on the inside or bolted witness said that when he saw the body of mrs borden there was a small stand upon which were two books and a small oil lamp about three feet away but there were no marks of blood on the books or the stand he noticed a bloody handkerchief on the guest chamber floor lying about midway between the body and the wall assistant city marshal john fleet when sworn testified that he went to the house arriving at eleven thirty five saw several persons and went into the house and saw the bodies came out and found the door at the head of the stairs locked it leads to a closet then went into lizzie's bedroom upstairs she sat with mr buck told her that he was an officer and asked her if she knew anything about the killing she said she did not all that she knew was that she was ironing when her father came home and saw him sit on the sofa he was feeble and she assisted him to lay down then she went out and up to the barn and remained about half an hour upstairs in the barn she came back and found her father on the sofa in the position she had left him except that he was dead then she called maggie asked her who maggie was and she said the servant girl said she sent her after dr bowen and miss russell told me there was no one else in the house beside the family and her uncle john morse said morse could not have killed the people because he left the house and did not return till nearly twelve said maggie could not have done it because she had gone upstairs after her father came in i then asked her if she knew who could have killed her father and mother she answered she is not my mother she is my stepmother my own mother died when i was a child witness said that on the way up he tried the door of mr borden's bedroom and found it locked all the rooms except bridget's was locked the witness went into the cellar and found a lot of officers mr mulally had two axes and hatchets on the floor searched the cellar for any instrument but found none at the time a few days before her father had some angry talk with a man in the back yard about a storeroom mr fleet then went downstairs through the rooms on the lower floor and then up to bridget's room the weapons which mulally had were placed behind some boxes in the cellar at this point mr moody brought out his collection of axes and hatchets which mr fleet identified as the ones he had seen in the cellar the red stain which he had seen on the handle of one hatchet had disappeared when mr fleet went to lizzie's door and rapped dr bowen came and holding the door eight inches open said what is wanted i told him we came to search he said wait a moment shut the door and talked with lizzie opened it and asked if it was absolutely necessary to search it and i said yes i said again to lizzie you said this morning that you were up in the barn half an hour what do you say now she replied i say from twenty minutes to half an hour asked her when she saw mrs borden last and she said in the guest room about nine o'clock and that someone brought a letter or note to mrs borden and that she supposed mrs borden had gone out then went to a door leading into another bedroom and found it was hooked opened it and went in saw a bed standing in the middle of the room lizzie told him that she hoped he would get through as soon as possible as she was getting tired of it and he told her that he would 
she also said there was no use in searching her own room because she always locked it and no one could get into it or throw anything into it he then came downstairs saw dr dolan and the officers in the cellar spoke to them and then found in the middle cellar on a shelf near the chimney the head of a hatchet the shelf was about six feet from the ground at the time he found the hatchet there was a small piece of wood sticking in the head it was a part of the handle the hatchet was covered with a heavy coat of white ashes upon both sides of the blade in fact all over the hatchet the substance as he thought was fine ashes there were other tools on the box at the time they were covered with a light dust but not ashes the dust on the other tools was lighter and finer than the ashes on the hatchet he saw that the piece of the handle was a new brake the brake was also covered with ashes he put it back into the box with the other tools he then went outside End of chapter twenty four